0: Perception Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. 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 Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this
1: guy for real?
0: Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government. With a dab of national and world politics, and a little pop culture, and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception Is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey.
1: Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this 193rd episode of Perception Is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. It's great to be with you. Thank you for clicking the link and giving me a little bit of your time. I have a wonderful, wonderful episode planned for all of you. In just a few moments, we're going to be joined by none other than Mr. Jeff Maurer. He is the Libertarian candidate running for Indiana's Secretary of State's office. That's right, he's coming back for his second interview with us. For those of you that have been here for a while, you'll remember we had Jeff on back in May and we had a great time with him. That was a great interview and we wanted to get him back on to dive a little bit deeper in his campaign and talk about The Office a little bit more. So he's going to be joining us on the phone in just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to take this time to definitely say we have had uh, a first interview with him. That was episode 187. And so for those of you that have not heard that episode, please... After you listen to this episode, go back and listen to that one. They are not uh, episodes where you have to listen to one before the other. They are definitely standalone episodes, so you can listen to them in whatever order you so choose. But please, if you have not listened to Jeff's first interview with us, Definitely listen to it. Matter of fact, to make it simple for everybody, I have included it in the description of this episode. So all you have to do after you listen to this episode is go to the description of this show and scroll down. You will see the link there to the 187th episode, which is our first interview with Jeff. I do want to tell you all as I say every episode remind you all that is to share the show with everyone you know especially especially those people that live in the state of Indiana for anyone that you know living in Indiana your friends your family your coworkers enemies whoever They need to listen to this episode because they need to hear Jeff's message. For anybody out there that's like me that's sick and tired of the political games and what's going on both at the local and state level, You need to listen to this episode and they need to listen to this episode. So please, please, please share the show with everyone you know. Remind them that we can be found on all podcast hosting sites. All they have to do is search for us by name. And they can always find us, as always, at the home link, perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. And then lastly don't forget to check out and remind people to check out the Facebook account Christopher H. bilberry or facebook.com forward slash bilberry 318 because there I release live video commentary five nights a week, Sunday through Thursday at 8.35 p.m. I also have written content and I share articles and links that you guys will not want to miss. So as I was saying... This is a big show and Jeff is an important candidate and this is an important office because for anybody out there that is tired of the status quo, for anybody that's tired of how things are going, whether you're a Republican or if you're a Democrat or if you're an Independent or if you're somebody that's just getting into the game because you're tired of how things are going, specifically at the local whether you're in a town, city, or county area, or at the state level, if you're tired of what's happening, this race is very, very important. And we'll get into all of this with Jeff. But just remember, we want him to win. This is the man that I am picking, that I am getting behind, I am supporting, and I will be voting for in the 2022 November general election. He has a Republican candidate challenger and a Democrat candidate challenger. I have met both of them multiple times. I have had conversations with both of them. And while they're okay people, neither one of them hold what I believe it's going to take to do this job in the manner that needs to be done. This job, the Indiana Secretary of State, is the chief election officer for the state of Indiana. And what that means is the person who will be ensuring that our elections here in the state of Indiana are secure, that they are not being tampered with, and making sure that we feel secure in what's probably one of the most important if not the most important thing that we can do as Americans which is participate in our electoral process and ensure that we know when we go and vote that our vote will count it will count for who we wanted it to count for and that nothing is going screwy with this process. This office is also responsible for a lot of other aspects that are important to who's your who's your life and those that are conducting business in the state and and other things. It's also the third in the line of succession in um, like what would happen if God forbids something happened to the governor and the Lieutenant governor, uh, you know, hopefully that never happens. But the Indiana secretary of state is the third, what what some would say is the most powerful position in Indiana government or the third in line if, like I said, God forbid something would ever happen. So there's a lot that's riding on this race and specifically because Jeff is the libertarian candidate, I know some people might go, oh, libertarian, you know that means I'll be wasting my vote. Quit thinking that. You're wasting your vote if you're voting for a Republican that you don't really believe in or if you're voting for a Democrat that you don't really believe in, you're not wasting your vote if it's voting for someone that you believe is the best person for the job. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that libertarian Donald Rainwater did a very good job of giving it all he had, and he came damn close to being in a position to be the governor of the state of Indiana. I hope Don runs again in the future, but we know that libertarians have the power. Don won first or second place in at least 34 counties in Indiana. There are 92 counties in Indiana. If this gentleman, Jeff Maurer, can win first or second place In any of those counties or any others, every county that he gets at least second place, if not first place in, he will change the political field in that county for at least the next four years. Because if he gets first or second place in that county, then libertarians will get a seat on that county's election board. ...for the next four years. So, for example, if Donald Rainwater, a Libertarian, got first or second place in 34 counties... ...if Jeff can pick up those same counties first or second place... ...he can change the political outlook in that county on the election board... ...which is very important because all of you that have been listening for any length of time at all... ...knows the election board is... A very important position in each government. We watched election boards all over Indiana make incredibly horrible decisions back in the early, early months of this year in February and March when they were basically stopping candidates from being able to run for office. So we need a change at the county level in that way, and we need to get this man in this position. He has to at least win second place. What's better than that is if he wins first place. And then the other aspect of that is, across the board, if Jeff at least gets 10 or more percent of the overall vote, he will get Libertarians for the entire state Primary ballot access, and that is very important. Right now, Libertarians do not have primary ballot access. They're not on the ballots when we go to vote in May. Basically, they have a convention, and they pick their own candidates, and then they are only on the November ballot And that's the one that matters. But it's a big deal if they have primary ballot access because they have access to a lot more voter information. And it's just it's very, very important for that to happen. So, of course, we want him to win. We want Jeff to become the Indiana Secretary of State. But there is a lot that rides on his campaign even if he does happen to come up short, which we don't want him to, and I'm going to say right now, we're going to do what it takes to get him across the finish line, but just keep in mind, finishing second or first in any county will change politics in that county at least for the next four years, and if he finishes with at least 10%, All across the board of voter turnout, then he changes politics across the Indiana landscape, and that's an amazing thing. So, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be joined on the phone uh, by Mr. Jeff Maurer. I do, again, want to say, please, please, please listen to this show if you have not listened to his first interview, after this, go back and listen to that. And please share both of those shows with everyone that you know. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 193rd episode of Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilberry. We'll be right back. <music> Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by the National Concealed Carry Association. Check them out at the National Concealed Carry Association.com. The National Concealed Carry Association exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates offering elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and providing rock bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. Check them out at National Concealed SealedCarryAssociation.com. Do not delay. Hiring is step one when it comes to our growth. We can't open a new shop or a new location without the right people in place. I couldn't keep
2: up until I found ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter helps us get out there quickly and get us qualified candidates quickly. They sent us applicants that matched what I was looking for. I've hired for every role,
1: entry-level technicians, service advisors, store managers. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter, rated the number one hiring
0: site. Try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash fox.
1: Right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 193, Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilberry, and joining us on the phone is Mr. Jeff Maurer, Libertarian candidate running for Secretary of State of Indiana. Jeff, it's great to have you back with us.
2: Chris, it's good to be with you again.
1: It's my pleasure. I think last time we talked to you was towards the end of May, and man, since then, you guys have really been moving and shaking. You've been all over the state, appearing at various different fairs and and political events. I've heard you on many different radio programs and other podcasts, and I love that you guys are out there Getting the message out. So, I guess the best place to start this interview is how are you feeling? How do you think things are looking since we're now in September and we're this close to the big day in November? How do you think things are going for you guys?
2: Things are looking really good. Uh, I'm actually having a ton of fun getting the message out, getting to hear back from our neighbors, right? Our fellow Hoosiers who are seeing these as real solutions. Uh, One of the most exciting responses I get is people asking not just about the solutions as well, but about what happens when Libertarians, when the Libertarian Party gets uh, 10% or second place finishes in counties. So the idea that not only do we have solutions, but that this is winnable, that is creating so much excitement. Uh, Been cutting radio ads, those are about to go on uh, across the airwaves across the state. So there's just a lot of things happening. Uh, I've got a couple of TV interviews uh, lined up that will be on air and uh, broadcast live as well. So there's just a lot of momentum, a lot of focus, a lot of interest. And if you look at the bigger picture nationally, we can see that there's a lot of national focus on the secretary of state races. Um, and in my case, I have a Democrat and a Republican opponent uh, who are extremists in their own ways. and so. My campaign myself, I find myself right in the center and it's doing exactly what I want to do, bring real solutions for common sense Hoosiers who are just exhausted with the status quo. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so many of our neighbors are that. And so talking about the solutions, audits and receipts, the things that we actions that we can take today to make it better tomorrow, that gets people excited. So to answer your question, the campaign is great.
1: I love it. I absolutely love hearing that. And I'll tell you, right there in that answer is the key to what I've been talking about over the last several episodes of my podcast is just feeling fed up with what's going on, fed up with what we're hearing out of the right, fed up with what we're hearing out of the left, It doesn't matter if somebody in office is a Republican or a Democrat at the local or state level, really even the the federal level. It seems like all they are doing is giving us the opposite of whatever the other person is saying, and that's not an answer. That's not anything that they are giving us that is something that makes anybody feel better about what's really going on, and you are actually having solutions and talking about what you can do in this office when you win to make Hoosiers' lives better in the areas that you will be in control of. And that's what I think people need to hear. And it's it's really important that people understand. And, and I've really been talking about this. Anytime I talk about you or talk about this race that you have and this race has the potential to really change a lot of the political landscape in the state of Indiana, uh, all across the state and at the various county levels because of the various aspects that are tied to the race. The 10% situation and what happens if you get second or first place in various counties. And that just ties in with what we've been talking about here in a lot of the last several episodes. And I feel like your message should ...should really radiate with the listeners out there, and it's very important that they share this message. So, last time, of course, we talked about who you were and why you're running and kind of an overview of everything... But this time, I kind of want to get into a little bit more of the nuts and bolts and kind of let you talk a little bit more about all of that. But if if you will, it's very important right now, especially with everything going on, how, how timely this is, because, you know, it's kind of mind-numbing. But, of course, we still have people out there talking about the 2020 election and people talking about was it stolen, was it not stolen, how secure are elections, and, and all of this. And that's so important to this race because as the Secretary of State, you're obviously the chief election officer of the state. And last time you were talking about various things you were wanting to put in place if and when you win this office. And so if you can, just kind of remind the listeners a little bit about what you would be implementing and talk about the ins and outs of all of that and why that's so important.
2: Sure. Uh, Lots of meat there. So let's get into it. Let's see the big picture. As Americans, we're free people, right? We give our consent to have our government. And elections are how we agree to disagree. Chris, I'm sure you and I will agree on plenty of things, but we're going to disagree on many more. So we have to have a process for figuring out how we're going to disagree or agree to disagree about different things. And in a peaceful, civil, and civilized society, elections are how we do that. If we can't have Successful elections, then we lose that ability and we devolve into tyranny or anarchy or something far, far worse than even our worst day as Americans. So it's essential to preserve our elections. That is how we maintain a civilized society. Now, you could ask, What's a good election? You should ask, What's a good election? And a good election is one in which the losers accept the outcome, not because they like the result. But because they trust the process, yes, and that's key. And I can look at twenty twenty. I can look at back to twenty sixteen, and certainly elections before then. Our elections have been failing us. We've had bad elections, failures of elections for years. In twenty twenty, um, Trump said Biden stole the election. In twenty sixteen, uh, Hillary said Trump stole the election. So it doesn't matter which party's which because somebody, the loser, keeps saying that the winner <laughs> stole the election. Yeah, which means that's that's a failure of our elections of the process that's what we have to get right. And if we lose that, we lose our civilization. This is critical. This is critical to who we are as Americans. This is critical to who we are as Hoosiers. We have to get our elections right. So how do we do that? There are all kinds of fancy words. um, And my Democrat opponent, it speaks beautifully and explains the problem very, very well, except that there's absolutely no action there. There's nothing other than vote for me that explains how we're going to make tomorrow different than today. We have to take action to do something different. And that's where I'm focused on solutions that have actions. And I want two things primarily, receipts and audits. That will move us toward these big words of election integrity, of security, transparency, accountability. What does that mean? Show me. Well, receipts and audits are going to do that. These are actions that we can take today to give us different results tomorrow. The first thing is a receipt for your vote. Chris, I want, I want this selfishly. I'm running because I want this for me. Yeah. And coincidentally, I'm going to give it to you too because I'm a libertarian and I want <laughs> uh, you know, to practice the golden rule. What's good for me is good for you. So I want a receipt for my vote. I want to be able to go to the ballot uh, the booth, the voting booth, to get a printed receipt for my vote that shows me when, where uh, I voted, a ballot number, and a unique code, like a two-factor authentication that you use on your phone all the time, and to be able to go online and look it up and track my vote just like it was an Amazon or a FedEx package. Absolutely. That will give me the certainty. I can't see what's in it, right? You can't necessarily see what's in it. But so I, the secrecy of my vote is still preserved, and that's paramount. But I can see that my vote has been received. I can see that it's been counted. I can see that it's been audited. And those three things, tracking it through that process, is what's going to give me the confidence to know that my voice has been heard, that the election's correct. So if we were looking at this from a financial auditing perspective, we'd call that inclusive testing. But what about exclusive testing? So somebody, whether it's you or one of your listeners or one of your neighbors, somebody somewhere in Indiana is going to say, well, what about the 100,000 dead people who woke up and voted on election day? And for them, we need exclusive testing or a different kind of auditing. And for that, we need a true, what's called a a risk-limiting audit. Before we get into um, what auditing, quote unquote, exists today, let's talk about what we want. And so we want a comprehensive audit that really looks at everything and catches anybody um, trying to compromise or defraud the elections. And there's always going to be some new innovative way to, some new game, some new trick, some new um, way to have people vote or cancel votes or remove votes or add votes. Whatever it is, the audit's going to catch that. And that's why we have to have a comprehensive audit. So those two things together, and one uh, needs the other, right? The receipt needs the audit, and the audit needs the receipt. Those two things together don't take anything away, right? You still have everything you have. You have early voting. You have vote by mail if you want. I'm not testing any of that. I'm not taking any of that away. So there's no accusations of voter suppression. I'm not having any of that. I'm giving you something more. I'm giving you audits. I'm giving you receipt. And those two additional things will give you the confidence that the election results, whether you like them or not, are at least accurate.
1: That's absolutely very important. And like we said last time when we talked, because it was right after the primary election, I said that, you know, I I was kind of in a, a unique situation because for the first time, we were actually given little strips of paper when we left that said, you voted on such and such a date in the May 2022 primary, blah, 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 blah. And it let me hang on to that. But what was also interesting was off to the side of the uh, ballot box area where you cast your vote and press the little buttons. there was also this little black box with a window there and what happened is after you cast your vote, a little spindle of paper like went up inside it sounded like a receipt printing and you could look on that piece of paper and see, uh, the actual people that you voted for and it it showed you and then it sucked up into the machine. So the piece of paper that I had didn't allow you to see who you voted for and there was no place you could go to track anything. You did have a piece of paper stating at least you voted, but there was also for the first time a piece of paper that went along with the digital voting uh, that was done that day, and they said that that was something that they were doing, trying to see if that was something that Indiana wanted to use or not. You know, but uh, I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: So, uh, Chris, let me, let me sure. pause you there. You're in the minority. Um, right. Only 40%, only 40%, 40% of Hoosiers had any kind of paper backup whatsoever. Right. So the, the receipt that you saw printed in the secure box, that's called a VVPAT, a voter verified paper audit trail machine. You don't get to keep that copy, mm-hmm. um, but at least it's something that you can verify. It's imperfect, but it's better than nothing. However, the majority of Hoosiers voting, more than 60%, percent six zero percent have no paper backup whatsoever. Sure. So for those of us old enough to remember the 2000 election in Florida, when we had preg- pregnant Chad and hanging Chad and oh, dimple yes. Chad, Oh, yeah. At least there was Chad, right? There was some original paper that we could go back to as the original record. But majority of Hoosier voters now, there's no paper whatsoever. It's the computer only. And that's called a DRE, a digital recording equipment uh, machine. And so it's just the digital record. We have nothing to compare it to. And that's that immediately needs to change. Uh, and there's laws that will basically get us there to at least a VVPAT by 2024. Um, but what I'm advocating for is not only your digital Vote, Which is necessary for immediate tabulation. That way we can have results election evening. And you know, if it takes us days to count up paper ballots, then suddenly people start to get very distrustful. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was a box show up or votes were missing here. No, we need to have accurate results and we need to have them fast. And that's what the digital equipment allows us to do. But that can't exist in isolation. We need to have paper backup to that. So the VVPAT is one part of that receipt. And that's the tradition, right? We, like the, with the Chad, we can, if there is a doubt or a question, we can always go back to the paper record. It's going to take us a lot longer uh, and it's going to take time to go through it. But at least we have an original record to audit and compare to. But what I'm proposing is a third receipt. And you know that if you triangulate something, you can really lock it in, right? Our GPS is just triangulation with three clocks, three or sure. more clocks. And so the same thing, what I'm advocating for is a third receipt. This gets printed, this goes in your wallet in your hand, and this is the one that you can take home and look it up and track it. That way you don't depend on government. You can go to government and hold them accountable and say, here's my receipt. This is my ballot number. This is my unique code. This is the date, time, place where I look where I voted. Show me my vote. And that should be your power, your right. That's what I want for you.
1: Hell yes, everybody should want that. And it, it really, you know, it's it's crazy because it seems like it's something so easy to think about. Like, honestly, why has this not just been something that has happened as technology has progressed and we've moved along? You would think that this would have just been something that would have happened and everybody would have expected it to happen and it would have just been something that was normal, but it's crazy to me that there's so much pushback for things like this
2: i am the only candidate on your ballot for secretary of state who wants you to have a paper printed receipt in your wallet
1: that's really crazy honestly
2: the the democrat and the republican want you to have any record or any transaction proof of your vote and that leads a very uncomfortable question of why why what are they keeping from you and I, i can't answer that you have to ask them right Right. But I can tell you from my perspective, I want you to have that. I want you to have that transparency. I want you to have that accountability. I want you to be empowered with your own information. If you pay your taxes, you get a receipt.
1: Uh, I tell you, it just seems like it should be common sense. I just don't understand why it's so, so hard. It just it seems like it's something that should be a lot easier. Uh, I do want to ask you another question that literally just popped into my mind. I meant to ask you this during our first interview, and time got away from me. But it has popped up again here recently because, specifically, we are dealing with this right now in Delaware County, where I live. And I actually dealt with it in Randolph County. See, when I lived in Delaware County the first time, when I would go to vote, I would have to go to my specific precinct to vote. And if you went to a different precinct, they would say, oh, you got to go and hit the right place. And, of course, Randolph County was the same way. Then, after a few years of living in Randolph County, they decided to go to vote centers. And I was initially not for vote centers. However, after they explained what the situation was, I changed my mind. And after we tried it out for the first primary election and the general election... I was in love with it. I was absolutely in love with vote centers, and when I moved back to Delaware County, this has been something that has popped up about every election season with the election board for probably the last 16 or so years, and it always gets defeated. Now, this time, it seems like Delaware County might be right in the right place at the right time to be able to get this passed, and I'm in favor of it I know that there are some people that are not for various reasons and I do agree that we have to make sure that All of the kinks are worked out, and wherever we put these vote centers, we have to make sure that they are in the best places for folks that might need to walk or ride a bike or take public transportation. We need to make sure that everyone has access to be able to vote, but in my opinion, vote centers is probably the easiest way to make sure that Folks that might work differently than where they live are able to vote somewhere along the way rather than have to worry about getting back to their specific precinct in time to be able to vote. I know that sometimes that's been a headache, and my question to you is, as the Libertarian candidate running for Indiana Secretary of State and being the chief election official that would deal with this, are you for, against? Does it not matter? Do you not care? What, what's your thought on the old precinct style of voting versus the vote centers?
2: I, I should uh, – the short answer is I don't care. It really is up to counties historically. Sure. As Secretary of State, I could help set some of the guidelines um, that might require it or might abolish it. Uh, but in either case, I really think that the right answer is what's right for the counties, right? We do have it's it said that we have 92 different elections in Indiana, because we have 92 different counties. Um, and I think in many ways, that's correct. That's a very libertarian approach. Each county should respond to its the local needs of its citizens. Delaware County is very different from Switzerland County, which is very different from Marion County. One size does not fit all. Sure. And so we do need different solutions for different counties. And that's why there, there's a menu of a few different voting machines. There's actually a dozen or so different models that are in use. Oh, wow. Um, that's why there are so many different variations, not necessarily ours, but voting centers versus polling locations. And uh, you know, full disclosure, I've voted at voting centers the last uh, two elections that I have voted in, and I voted early. And uh, that being said, I'm actually going to be switching that and encourage everyone to vote in person on Election Day, whether it's a voting center or a polling location. Voting in person on Election Day is the most secure way to ensure your vote was counted and protect yes. your privacy and secrecy of your vote.
1: Mm, Man, I tell you, this is really interesting because when I first, first started voting, like when I was young, there was nothing better than going and voting on election day. But then when I started working in polling places and working for candidates, and then, hell, I actually ran for office a couple times, and I've always worked for various candidates here or there... I started going to vote early because then I thought, well, shoot, if I vote early, that will allow me to then have my entire election day to do what I need to do. And then, of course, when I started this show and I started talking to audiences and doing what I do now, I have started telling people, go and vote early. First day, go get it done, get it knocked out, and get it in the can. And... Now, I do have a little bit of the conspiracy bug inside me that will say, well, wait a minute. What if this is a way they can, you know, get rid of those? Or what if they don't count? Or this or that? And I always get pushback from various people that say that. But my whole thing has been trying to get the people to get up, get out and vote and try to increase numbers. And I have always looked at it from the mindset that, The more people that we can get to go vote in the 28 days beforehand is going to be all those more amount of people that are actually able to vote. And I've always thought, man, maybe I'm actually talking people into vote that otherwise would not have voted. But you're saying that you're changing your mindset and you're actually going to start going back on election day and that you're advising other folks to go on election day and vote in person. Now, obviously, I understand that we both would be understandable to the idea that if Something's going to have you out of the area and you won't be able to be there on election day, or you know, you're bedridden, or something's going on that you have to vote early, you have to mail in vote, or you have to go to a voting center early to vote, or do something like that. Then, yes, that makes sense and do what you have to do to get that vote in. But if you are able-bodied and able-minded and you're able to get out and you will be in the area on Election Day, you're saying that you're actually changing your mindset and that's what you're advising people to do, correct?
2: That's right. So there's a push-pull here, right? There is a benefit. Get it done. That way you're in. So if you're sick or busy or something comes up, grandma dies, whatever happens on Election Day, at least your vote is counted. So there's always that risk. So that has to be balanced with the risk and vulnerability of the election itself. The reason, Mm. uh, if more people, the more people who vote early, that creates a bigger mass. And so somebody who is defrauding or compromising the elections, throw in more votes um, Mm. that earlier, and has more of a window, more of a vulnerability. Sort of like leaving your store unlocked overnight. It doesn't mean you're gonna get robbed, but it sure does make it easier, a bigger target, for somebody who wants to rob you. Yeah,
1: wow. Wow, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, that, man, it really, like, I, <laughs> I get what you're saying, man, and it's, it's, wow.
2: And that's why, so if only five people vote before, uh, before Election Day, then suddenly 20,000 votes that come in, that's very suspicious and obvious. Wow, yeah, I mean, yeah. But if 2 million people vote before Election Day, well, then 20,000 votes to sway an election, if it's really tight, those might go unnoticed or you couldn't find them or identify them. So that's why if we go to election day when we're voting in person with a photo ID per state guidelines, then that helps secure the election in that regard. The other component of security, uh, this is a little bit of a deep dive, so bear with me. Uh, Indiana has what's called a dead voter law. We're about one of 13 states that has this dead voter law. And its intention is good. It says, if you have early voting, we do, it's 28 days before elections. If you have early voting and somebody votes early and then dies before election day, their vote should be canceled because the theory is that they didn't live to election day. Therefore, they would not have voted on election day. Therefore, uh, their vote should not count. Right. Mm, Nothing crazy about that. Sure. However, what's then the mechanism? How do we execute this? Right. How do we cancel that vote, which is now codified into law, right? This is the law of the state right now, and it has been. So how do we do that? How do we cancel those votes? And then we should all be asking, well, what about the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of votes that come in for early absentee voting on these DREs, these electronic-only machines? That means, and and by law, you can look this up. Um, So anybody listening, go Google uh, Indiana Election Administrator's Manual 2022. It's a multi-hundred page document. It's exhilarating reading, uh, but on page <laughs> 180 of the PDF, 180, there is a section called uh, Death of Absentee Voter. And it's three paragraphs, easy plain language. These are the, this is the instructions from the Secretary of State to all the county clerks. This is how you run an election. This is what to do if this happens. And the instructions are plain as day. It's you have, there is a unique identifier associated with every vote cast, early voting on a DRE and the county clerk is responsible for going in, looking at that unique identifier and somehow going in to cancel or delete that digital vote, oh. which means that all of our votes are not only stored for up to 28 days digitally. And we don't know if that's centralized or wire, wirelessly connected or wire connected. We don't know how that information is stored, where this information is stored, who has access to it. But not only that, but there's this unique database of unique I- identifier numbers, by law, and that enabled, that means your vote is not secret. Mm, Somebody, yes. in fact, the county clerk is mandated to be able to look up, to know that you have died to be able to find your specific vote and to be able to cancel it, which means that they could find out who you voted for. Mm. And so all this data is created and stored somehow, and it's not clear who has permission to access it, what audit trails created. So if the county clerk goes and deletes one record, okay, that's correct. But what if they delete two? Or what if one of their staff has their password, logs in and deletes 10,000? Who, who audits this? What documentation is created to authenticate these activities? Yeah. And that is completely unclear. So all of this is just and maybe nothing's wrong. I hope nothing's wrong. But I do know this is one massive vulnerability. And that is why I encourage people to vote in person on election day.
1: Wow, I, I've got to say, uh, I'm 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 shook. I'm honestly shook because I, I've never really considered that. And although I have always had the little piece of me that has always kind of been cautious of that, and I have had, like I said, people that have always pushed back and said you shouldn't be telling people to vote early, you know. But I've always said, uh, you know, it is what it is. But man, you have really, really caused me to consider that. And I'm going to be looking into this. And, and I'll be honest, I, I really could see deciding to change my outlook and just telling people the same thing that you're saying, that they need to vote on the day and unless they just cannot get out or for some unknown reason they they just they need to vote early if, if they don't need to and they can hold off they need to do it on the day i i gotta be honest i i really uh I'm shook because I, I think I'm going to flip how I how I look at this from now on. That's that's interesting. Also, I do want to mention real quick before we move on, anybody that is interested in looking at that manual that he mentioned, the Indiana Election Administrator's Manual 2022, I will have a link to that entire manual Plus, I will have a link to just that specific page, that way you can look up and verify what he's talking about. If you want to look at just the page on 180, or if you want to look at the entire manual, I will have links to both of those in the description of this episode. This is probably as good a place as any to say that we need to take a quick break when we come back, we will have more from Mr. Jeff Maurer, the libertarian candidate running for Indiana's Secretary of State. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 193rd episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilberry. We'll be right back.
0: Perception, Perception is, is reality. Reality. reality.
2: All right, guys, we're looking for new commercial ideas to promote the Lawnmower 4.0 below the waist trimmer. Now, we're really trying to avoid any testicle or butt shaving innuendo for this ad, so let's try to keep it classy, okay? But why, sir, should we beat around the bush? We'd really rather focus on how the skin safe technology helps reduce nicks and cuts rather than the area that we're shaving this time. Uh, may I offer a rebuttal? Oh. Why did you say rebuttal like that? Guys, let's focus. Let's talk about how it's uh, waterproof for anybody
1: who wants to shave in the shower. I'm sorry, but this is an asinine idea.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's completely cockamamie, if you ask me. (laughs) Guys, now listen, I don't want to be a dictator
1: here. If you're a dictator, does that
0: mean that you can punish us under the penal system?
2: (laughs) We don't need to resort to children's bathroom humor. Let's talk about how the Lawnmower 4.0 has a travel lock. It won't turn on in your luggage. Let's talk about how it has a new adjustable
0: guard and an LED light. Be better than fallen butt chunks. What do you say, guys? What do you say? Well, I'm glad we got that rectified. Like like rectums.
2: Right? Was that good? Did you like that one? I so- Oh my gosh, hey, good <laughs> I give up you're all animals all of you go to manscape.com and order your lawnmower 4.0
1: today all right ladies and gentlemen back to work we go episode 193 this is perception is reality i'm your host christopher h Bilberry. of course we are joined by my special guest mr jeff mauer Jeff is the Libertarian candidate for Indiana's Secretary of State's office. That race is currently ongoing, and Election Day will be this November 2022. So I hope that you're definitely paying attention, and I will ask that you please, please, please share the show with everyone you know, specifically if they live in the state of Indiana This is a very important episode that folks will need to hear if they live and vote in Indiana. And while we're at it, if you haven't listened to our first interview with Mr. Jeff Maurer, I will highly advise you to go back and listen to that. I've made it easy for you. I have put a link to that episode in the description of this episode so you won't have to go very far Click on that link. You can listen to that show. And if you spread this around to your friends, family, coworkers, loved ones, enemies, and beyond that live in Indiana, they will also be able to listen to this and also have the link to episode 187, which I believe was our first sit-down interview as well. So far in this episode, we have been talking about... Uh, the Secretary of State's role as the Chief Election Officer, and really this has been a fascinating interview because Jeff just said something before the break that actually kind of blew my mind, and it's making me look at some beliefs and some uh, pretty strongly held thoughts that I had, and I'm looking at very seriously changing that, and I think that's really neat. And so I hope that you're all getting something out of this as well. But there are other aspects to the Secretary of State's position other than just the election aspect of all of this. So if you would, Jeff, talk to us a little bit about the other Uh, roles that the indiana secretary of state would be responsible for handling
2: the indiana secretary of state's office has four major divisions the first one's elections the second is business services which is really just licensing businesses remember the government government does not create businesses government does not create jobs you do entrepreneurs do hoosiers do Uh, The Secretary of State's office just simply writes them into existence as recognized by law and recognized by the state. The third division is the Auto Dealer Services Division. And anytime government says services, it actually means (laughs) we're going to regulate you and tax you. And so the Secretary of State is uh, actually in charge of... Enforcing state laws for the auto dealer industry. Two very different things. Um, and the fourth division, and this one's important, is the securities division. And so the Secretary of State's office uh, helps investigate what we'll call white, white collar or financial crimes. Uh, so this is not just calling you up with a spam call and, and telling you to buy. Target gift cards are giving me your social security ID number. This is about selling securities or shares in a company that's fraudulent and fake. And it's uh, basically like a white collar kind of theft from like a Ponzi scheme, like Bernie Madoff, right? Oh, yeah, so so cool. for those types of crimes, the secretary of state's office helps investigate, works with local police, even uh, federal agencies, uh, if typically above $10 million is the threshold for them. And think about where we are as a nation, as generations, right? We have an entire generation of baby boomers who've worked hard all their lives. They've done everything right. They've saved, they've uh, built their families, they've raised kids and grandkids. And now they have a life savings that they work so hard for. And they want to pass on as much as they can to kids and grandkids and even great grandkids. And somebody will come along and say, oh, if you buy shares in my company, um, you'll double your money or whatever the offer is. And those kinds of criminals, those kinds of fraudsters are praying upon the good, hardworking people of Indiana and finding them, prosecuting them, documenting them. That's all incredibly vital and very much in line with the purpose of government. It's government's job to defend against that, to defend and protect our citizens. That's why that office or that division of the office is so important and increasingly important as we see more and more of that fraud but let's go back to the businesses services because that's sort of the second biggest area. Uh, this is not just about for-profit businesses, This is also licensing nonprofits. And we think about the solutions that we wanna see in our society. Government comes in and says, I'm here from the government I'm, and I'm here to help. And that's terrifying because government <laughs> often is least able and capable of affecting really good on the ground, local customized solutions. Think about all the organizations the nonprofits in your community uh, feeding the homeless or habitat for humanity or all these organizations that do phenomenal work um, and they're nonprofits so we have to make it easier for nonprofits and businesses and certainly for profit businesses for people to organize to form their structures to have government get out and stay out of their way as they're doing that critical work for our community and That's most important to me as Secretary of State, is to make it easy for businesses and nonprofits to get formed and get started. Um, The more I can get government out of your way, the better. But more than that, it's a leadership role. And this is my background. My background is in business. I uh, managed a $300 million uh, budget that I was in budget finance for for a number of years. I worked in clean tech and the trucking transportation sector. I founded my own business here, a VR tech startup in Indiana. So I've been on the user side, the customer side of the office before. And so I've done this myself and I've seen it firsthand. And what we need is a champion for Hoosier innovators and entrepreneurs, our neighbors who are, have big ideas and dreams and are building businesses to serve their customers, build their dreams and feed their families. And we need a champion for them, for our homegrown businesses. I'm not talking about millions of dollars for rich Taiwanese companies to come over here and relocate five jobs. No, I'm talking about helping your neighbor who has a dream in a in a garage or a kitchen or wherever, let's build that business.
1: Absolutely. I think that is exactly what those across the Hoosier state need to hear. I believe that is what makes us such a great state. And I really hope that the listeners out there are really soaking in what you're saying and, It's, I hope, firing them up, and then, like we've kind of talked about, and and I know I'm kind of saying a little bit more than you, I really hope that they are comparing what you're saying to what they're hearing uh, and or not hearing from your opponents because it's just absolutely... Night and day difference, and uh, that's why you have my full support, and I will continue beating that drum uh, until the election day. So, real quick, before we start to wind down, um, for those that are listening that uh, you know, maybe are not so Uh, in the weeds, maybe aren't getting as deep as I tend to get or those that love politics tends to get, kind of give us like the elevator pitch or uh, mention the things maybe that you feel that are important that we haven't hit upon or give us what you feel is important that people need to know that maybe they don't already know Uh, about you and about your race for the Indiana Secretary of State's office?
2: Sure. We'll touch on a couple things quickly here. Uh, Number one is my Republican – if you're sick and tired of of what you see, of status quo, you're wasting your vote voting for libertarian. I hear that all the time. You're the one wasting your vote by voting for more of the same thing that you don't want and you don't like. A Republican has held the office of Secretary of State for the last nearly 30 years. My Republican opponent now won't even make public appearances. There's not even a contact button on his website. Check that out. Mm -hmm. He is totally unaccountable. He has so much disrespect and disdain for you and for me that he won't even allow you to talk to him. He won't even tell you where he is. He won't show up for a debate. If your ideas are so bad that you're afraid to defend them publicly, you failed. And that's what we have. That's exactly what we have. That's who my opponent is. That's why I'm running. Because we have no accountability in government. They are so arrogant. They are so much a supermajority. They are so disrespectful of we, the people, that it's time to call them out on it. That's why I'm running. So if you're sick and tired of that too, then you are not wasting your vote voting for a libertarian. And if we can look at our elections and just remember this, if we count our votes the way we count cash, like counting a cash register or drawer at the end of the day, if we count our votes the way we count cash, we're going to have the elections we deserve.
1: I love that. And I've got to say, now's the time, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care what side of the debate, what side of the argument that you're on, if you have said, heard, been a part of the whole argument for the last two years about the 20th 20 election, I don't care if you're saying something was wrong with it. I don't care if you've said, no, nothing was wrong with it. If you have said, boy, I I just wish that this would go away. I wish that things were better. I wish that the other side would shut up. I wish that I could prove that things were better. Then this is your solution. We actually have a candidate who is offering us a way to fix the issue, to make the problem less of a problem, and to make our elections, at least here in Indiana, more secure. And I think it goes back to the whole argument, uh, the whole train of thought that you get the government, you get the kind of politics that you deserve, if you want to work to better the situation, we at this point have a solution that can help us specifically in this area, and that situation that 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 person that answer to the problem, in my opinion, is Libertarian Jeff Maurer. I, I absolutely believe that we have the opportunity to fix this issue. And it's an issue that has been on everybody's mind for like the last two years straight. So it's not something that's not an issue. It's not something that just a few people are talking about. This is a major, major issue that is being discussed everywhere on one side of the argument or the other. And uh, I just have to say, folks, you get the government... That you deserve and you get the government that you ask for. And if you don't do the work and if you aren't part of of getting the candidate in the position that you want them to be in, then in my opinion, you're part of the problem. Where can the listener go to find you on social media, read more about you, and connect with you?
2: Unlike my opponents, uh, you can find me very easily, maurer4indiana.com. That's M-A-U-R-E-R for indiana.com. We have a campaign phone number that rings to my cell phone that I carry on me, and that number is 317-721-6438. So, you can call, you can text, even if you don 't use a computer or the internet, and that 's fine. Not every member of our society or generation does that. Um, so you can get a hold of me we I or my team will get back to you, and I will be responsive and that's very different from my opponents who yes. just want your dollars and then they want to take your power
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly correct, folks. Uh, yeah, listen to what this man is saying. It's big that he's willing to connect the way that he does. I so far have had no issue getting in contact with his team or him and uh, I think that uh, that is quite a bit different than either one of his opponents. So, Jeff, are you guys currently scheduled for a debate or you're not scheduled for a debate? Is that going to happen, not happen? What What's going on there?
2: Yes and no. Uh, so the day after I had official opponents, after the Democrat and Republican conventions on June 18th, I posted, I had my campaign post publicly on social media that, we were ready for a debate. We want to debate. And by the way, from the, my website, moreforindiana.com, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, and even TikTok now. So there's okay. content there too. So you can find us on all those socials. But we've wanted to debate. We want to get these issues out. We want to talk about solutions. I don't want to call names. I didn't, jo- I didn't do this because I want to get on stage and call people names. That's a waste of time. Right. I'm doing this because I want these solutions for myself and I want them for you too. And that's why I want to get in front and talk about solutions. That's why I want to debate. And to be fair, my Democrat opponent has been uh, willing and ready to debate all on the way. The Democratic Party of Indiana hosted a series of 15 town halls uh, several months ago at this point. And those were different counties across the state. And I got the opportunity to be on stage at least a half dozen times with my my Democrat opponent. And we've had, there's some areas where we agree and some areas where we disagree. And some of those conversations uh, on stage got a little spicier. And that's good. That's what what it should be, right? Sure. Um, and she uh, and her campaign have agreed to a debate. My campaign has certainly agreed to a debate. We are absolutely waiting for the, a Republican opponent who has been completely missing and absent and unresponsive to any requests.
1: Wow.
2: And so uh, WFYI, the uh, NPR affiliate in, in, in Indianapolis is hosting a, I guess it's a candidate forum. It's not a debate officially. They have of course invited all three candidates my democrat opponent and i will both be there whether our republican opponent shows up or not don't know but at least we'll be ready to engage
1: and when is that
2: uh that is still being scheduled but likely uh early to mid-october just before early voting begins on october 11th
1: okay i'll definitely keep my eye on that and whenever it is finally put in stone and set and scheduled I will definitely let everybody know.
2: And that's expected to be televised and live streamed.
1: Oh that's awesome. Okay, cool. So it will be televised and live streamed. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep uh, folks abreast of when that that will be on and and i will share that and put that in all the information as well uh good well just lastly is there anything currently scheduled for the next couple days or weeks anything going on you got anything that you're going to be at or be interested to be at over the next say month or so
2: oh gosh we've got some uh every day or nearly every day so the best way to do that also compare candidates right sure on my website, you can see where I will be. You can come find me. You can come talk to me. My opponents, you, can't, you can only see where they were. Right. You can't get to them. You can't go and challenge them, ask them questions. Come to me. Challenge me. Bring me your questions. I want to hear. I want to get better. I want to learn from you. So you can see where I'm going on my events page on my website, moreforindiana.com slash events. Uh, and so you can see all the different festivals. I know this weekend we've got the Monrovia Festival Um, And then there's a gun show in Indianapolis. So there are a number of different things happening. So keep an eye out for those uh, and all the events that I'll be going to. It'll be updated as we um, commit to them will be on the events page.
1: Awesome. Very good. Well, I will put everything in one easy to find area in the description of this episode. I will put that manual you you were talking about. I will put that manual that you were talking about, I will put the phone number to contact you, your website, your social media pages, and everything right there along with the link to the first episode where we sat down and talked together back in May. That way the listener can find everything Right there in one easy to find location. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for sitting down and talking with me yet again. I will look forward for our third interview that I think that we have scheduled sometime for the middle of October, so that'll be a fantastic time, and I can't wait to hear what you guys will have going on then. You and your team have been absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to run into you out in the wild and uh, have a chance to see you face-to-face. I wish you guys all the very best. You're welcome back here anytime you want to pop on and have anything you guys want to say. Thank you very much for taking your time to sit down and talk with us. I know that you are extremely busy, so thank you very much for that.
2: Well, I sure appreciate it, Chris. Uh, very grateful for your support, but also your challenging questions. So keep that up. Um, hold everyone accountable, myself included, m- me first and foremost, and hold all of our elected officials accountable. Hold all of our candidates for office accountable. Ask them hard questions. Ask me hard questions. That's what we need to do right now as Americans and as Hoosiers. Um, And I'll end with this. The preamble to our Constitution includes mandates that we form a more perfect union in order to form a more perfect union. That's our responsibility as Americans. It means we have to do the work. We have to take action. We have to have solutions to form a more perfect union. We can't just sit around and complain about it. We need to do. And I'm asking for your vote so that we can do together, so we can take these actions, audits and receipts, and form a more perfect union.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't think of a better way to end it. Thank you very much, Jeff. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking with Mr. Jeff Maurer, the Libertarian candidate running for Indiana's Secretary of State's office. I hope you will give him your consideration, give him your support, and your vote this November when you go to the ballot box, remember, don't vote early, vote on the day. That's something that I'm going to have to really consider what I'm going to do with. So I think that's interesting, and I think I might just be looking at changing My belief there and saying that for everyone out in the real world from this point forward, very, very interesting. Always, always, always be willing to keep an open mind because you never know when someone might have a little bit better, more smart, intelligent, thought out response and answer that might just make a little bit more sense than what you currently hold. And I'll tell you, I can clearly understand where he is coming from. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanna thank you for listening to this interview. Please, please, please share the show with everyone you know, specifically if they are voters in Indiana. If you have any questions of me, you know how to get in contact with me. You can hit me up on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. You can comment questions all over my wall or you can also send me private messages. You can also email me at khbilbrey at gmail.com And or you can text or call me at the studio line 765-546-9796. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. God bless each and every one of you. And until we talk again, stay safe, stay tuned, and stay true. You've
0: been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bilbrey318. And on Twitter at Bilbury. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember... Perception Perception is is reality. reality.
1: This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.